So here, here's a question I have for you. Yesterday, finish our conversation. Well, hold on. It is. Yesterday we were talking, and one of the things that you said was, we were talking about the last thing we talked about was the fact that we're losing all these people in tennis and we're not getting them back, and and it's it's a reality. It's a stone cold reality. And you had a really good idea that you were like, tennis, welcome back. That we should not be afraid to lose people, basically from 15 to 30. Right from the age of fifteen to thirty, we should not be afraid to lose these people. We should because because we can get them back, and tennis will give them the opportunity to be mobile, to refocus their lives, and be in on nutrition after maybe they've kind of blown it with between college and whatever lifestyle they have with work, and it can give them a new a new something new to look forward to. That's what you you had said. So it kind of dovetailed with one of the ideas that I had because I was writing it down. And um, and this wasn't last night I wrote it down, but I said, maybe we're doing it wrong. This kind of intercedes with what you were doing. What Maybe we need to be developing more tennis playing. I said parents, but now that I think about it, it could be just tennis playing adults, right? Who then become parents, right? Because then they'll have more of an appreciation for the game and then they can instill that appreciation in their kids, Maybe they don't even have kids. Maybe they're 30 and they they don't have kids yet, but now they're getting into the game and you know what I mean? Like they, like a real outreach campaign for people. There's a lot of people, their families just never even played tennis or thought of tennis. Well, I think there's right? a huge contingency of people, adults who have not played sports. I think there's a large number of adults that did other things growing up or they were hammered with sports growing up. Right. And we should be doing, a, I agree with you, a, a, an outreach program for adults 30, 40, 50, who are, have actually have never played tennis. Right. And it needs to be more aggressive. And the way we're doing it, though, is not appealing because not on a national level. I think there's, again, pockets of areas that you may see. See, this is where you get into, well, my club has a thriving adult intermediate program. Okay, well, that's your club. I'm talking about tennis in the world right right i mean or you could have a club where they're like my club has a thriving kid program i'm not really up for doing this that's okay then that's a choice that's your focus which is great but then at least you're you're hitting your focus yeah but when you have everybody vying for the same scraps that's so true i'm gonna say scraps because that's what it is right that we're basically cannibalizing each other and i don't understand that right we have to well you said it last night you 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 said it last night when you were like we're all wearing the titanic uniforms or whatever it, it was because we talked about making alternative suggestions to get, and this is yet again another alternative suggestion for people right that's what this is it's an alternative suggestion to say it's not really alternative but it is it's like saying hey Let's go out there and really market to a certain segment. Okay, right? here's one. What if every single club in in the United States or in a state, statewide, got together to put out a campaign? Every club chipped in, and we had a marketing firm come out and say, here, we are a contingency of 200 clubs over these three states in this area, Wisconsin, Illinois, 
in Minnesota. And we want to specifically appeal to adults 45 to 55 to really get them thinking about their long-term health. And we think that tennis is a great mobility sport for that, uh, for people that suffer from arthritis, because it's move less, not move Move more, not move less. Sorry, that's the opposite. (laughs) People want to move less. Move less? That sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. How do I do that? It's called pickle, isn't it? Oh, Oh, I did it. Survey says. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you're correct, but we digress. So that we'd like to, and how much is that going to cost? And we want to market as a, like milk, it does the body good. So you could have- the Dairy Council. Where's the- the National Tennis, the NTC, right. the National Tennis Council of club owners that are pushing the benefits of tennis for long-term health, physical and so mental, of- nationally or at least regionally. Where is that? It doesn't exist. But So instead of wearing milk mustaches, we'll wear Stevie Johnson mustaches? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that mustache? It is like, and it, I'd be like, what is he do? What is he thinking there? But, but he, you know what? He wears Hold it on. with pride. You're talking about the mustache. It worked. I know. That's it. You're right. You're, that's it. You're right. You're right. If you're talking And about he's it. an American tennis player. So come on, man. So uh, no, I, I, I think that, so instead of, that doesn't exist. So why? The problem is we don't know enough about the USDA. We don't know. We don't know beans. We just see the outcome of sort of non-action from the local level, and sometimes the local level is like we don't want you in here. <laughs> we, well, no, we they, they're not actually interested in the local level. Yeah, Th- that's not their job. Right, their job is for the majors and this and guiding principles in general. But then why do they organize tournaments at the local level? Why do they have to have a, why does it no, have no, no, to they're not, they're not organizing them. Yeah, they are. No, no, they're, they're, they're sponsored. It's a, it's a, it's a USTA sanctioned event, but who's running those? Who's organizing them are the clubs. No, I mean, you sign up through the USTA portal. You have to go on there. They did their computer does the draws. They do. I mean, they, they have a hand in all that stuff. You're right. The local club is the one that turns the lights on and make sure that, you know, there's trophies lined up. And, but again, I'll tell you have having been to a lot of tournaments that, it's a huge, there's a huge problem there because. Well, walk me through it then. Walk me through a little bit more. <clears throat> well, no. I, okay, I will, but I don't want to get too far afield from the, we need what we're talking about here because I think it really has legs. The gap is that the USTA, you go to the USTA website, you sign up and there's a pre-formatted sections in there that tell you information about the tournament. So that's the, that's the extent of the tournament outreach. And that's, those are notes written by the tournament director, but then there's also boilerplate language from the USTA and that's like codes of conduct. So when you say the tournament director, you're talking about the club. Yeah. The club, the club that's running it. He can put a note in there. It's it's usually like two sentences. Like, you know, we will not take people from this region because of COVID restrictions right now or, or whatever we, you know, things like that, but it's not, it's not a lot of stuff. And then the, then there's other tabs there that say the players, competitors, and then it'll have like draws and seeds. 
And then um, ultimately after the tournament, the, the tournament director will enter in the results and then that puts all that information in there. Okay, so the website has all that and those components. The tournament director's phone number is there to answer to an- and emails there, but they rarely get back to you. Some are better than others, but um, they're busy. You know, they, they're running a club. They're a pro probably at the club. They're, they don't have time to answer every one of your little nit questions, you know. And then when you get to the club, when you get to the tournament, you know, it is what it is. The club is there. It's always been there, whatever club it is. And then there's a little table they set up with some sign-up sheets that have the USTA draws on them, and they have a kid that's staffing it, usually, you know, a local kid, although sometimes it's the pro itself. And then um, that's it. Wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah. So so it's uh, clearly lacking. <laughs> and I'll say over the years, so I actually – stopped going to tournaments with any of my students because I, I, I hated the atmosphere from other coaches, the, the grandstanding and the posturing of like, Oh, it's fun. Yeah. You know? And I just, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. It didn't feel like a good vibe. It didn't want to welcome you There was no joy. Again, when I, when you talked about earlier about this girl i said does tennis bring you joy i don't see people laughing i don't see people high-fiving i don't see parents like ha it's great to see you again guys well hey, you guys want to hit this weekend sure hey you guys have like there's none of that and that to me if you haven't been to a tournament it's very subdued but there's a tension under uh, there there's an underlying tension that if you're at all self-aware or aware of others you're like, ooh, I don't know that I like this. Why do I want to spend a Friday <laughs> night doing this? Why would I want to spend six hours here? Okay, so there's another issue too. But hold on, let's not jump yeah. around. But that vibe in itself, so there was a couple students, I was like, oh, I'll go to your tournaments. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know what? This is icky. I'm out. But the reason that you go to tournaments, you know, is to give feedback for your next lessons. That's helpful. Not just feedback, support. Right. Hey, and I, and I tell myself, I was like, you know uh, I, I made a conscious decision. Like, listen, this is, and I do this with my kids too. This is your thing. You know, w- once in a while I'll show up, right? It'll be a surprise, but I'm not there to coach you. You play your game. It's your thing. It's your night. Right. It's your tournament. It's not mine. But that's your kids. No, right? I'm talking oh. about my students. <clears throat> okay. Once in a while I'll go. Mm-hmm. If you're in a high school team, I've gone like, oh, I can really like the kid. Right. Right. And I'm like, you know, hey, you're playing X, Y, and Z. Great. Oh, I have two kids that are uh, different high schools that are going to play each other. And they have, they're just good sense of humor and stuff. And they're going to end up playing each other. I'll go. I've seen that in the past. I've gone to some of those. But those are rare events for me because you have to be a young person that really has their stuff together. And, have it in perspective. And usually that means the parents have it in perspective. And there is a joy and a and an, a positive energy to the competition and what competition is supposed to do. Right. There is, and a tennis tournament for me is the wrong side of competition. The energy that's there. It's, it's intent is, is right, but the way it comes across is wrong. And I think it's a huge turnoff. And you were just telling me a story about a pro you were talking about. And the first thing he was, again, you know, saying how great 
his kid is. Right. Again, the minute you say how great your kid is, I'm just like, you know what? You've got some issues. You're so let me take your kid by themselves. Let's hit, we'll go out and do something else. Maybe go for a walk or we won't play tennis. And let me get the real story on if he likes tennis or not, or was he browbeaten into liking it? And now that he's got a full ride that you get to tell everybody he's playing a D one college that makes you feel like it was worthwhile for you to spend all that time. So you can go tell everybody how great your kid is. How well, about, I, I think he, uh, listen, no, I, I'm, again, I'm, think, I'm blowing it up on steroids. I think some people are pride, pride they have pride in their kid. But the minute so you got to go yell to yeah. this, to everybody and tell everybody, <clears throat> right. that is a major insult. So I have a question uh, for you. Ma- why, oh, let me finish. Why? No, that's no, a major come on, ins- you're going down a road. No, 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 I, no you don't like it because you know this person. And I'm, I'm not, it's not about that. I'm not throwing them under the bus. What I'm trying to say is that that is that look look at me i trained this my i made it happen he actually he is he actually, better than everybody else he, he actually didn't well what that's i'm trying to prove me wrong you know what i'm, I'm just saying about. he didn't he didn't he wasn't taking that approach he but he was telling me you know he was he was sharing it with me for a moment which i was pretty cool with you know so <laughs> he was sharing it. no he was he wasn't it wasn't it wasn't done in that fashion but but anyway so i you know the the thing is so why for you to want to walk away from tournaments, I think that's really interesting for you to want to walk away from tournaments because you you teach at least 40 hours a week. You used to teach, what, 50, 55, yeah, something like that? 50, 55. Okay. For you to walk, yeah, and you have, and you have how, what percentage of your student body, whatever, that you teach was of tournament, was playing tournaments, regardless of the age, what, I mean- Maybe ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent. I but I stopped like fifteen years ago. Okay, like I was just like I don't want to be a part of this right. at all. I, I just I don't, and right. so just once in a while I go. But so it's interesting. I don't because work with those. You... I don't. I specifically don't work with those kids. Okay, because I wanted to work with the kids that felt like they weren't good athletes. I okay. wanted to give them the support. Yeah, but you I, do do a high school group. No, I do, and I have some kids that are very good. Yeah, but that's but those are again those are not my. But for you to not want to go, be, I listen. And you, you said ca- you love tennis and you love to teach listen, tennis and get so much fun. Exactly, I'm trying to take apart. I'm, what it, I'm telling you, I tried to tell you, and you didn't change the subject where you tried to redirect it because it was making you uncomfortable. No, the pro, the pro that felt like he had to share quote unquote share it with you uh-huh. is the person that's at the tournament that tells everybody yeah you know he's way better than and he walks around the tournament pro or not pro Uh that my my kid is better because they can hit a ball better than you is a better person a better athlete and their future is better mapped out because my kid has got a full ride my kid is the right and you know what when you've got 10 of those people, mm-hmm. 20 of those people walking around. Right. Why would you want to be in that environment? See, I don't, when I go to the tournaments, I go to junior tournaments. So this is 12 and under. I don't see that a lot, but, but what I see, what I see is I see a lot of parents that are, um, they're at the frayed edge of emotion because they're hopeful for their kids. They're really hopeful that their kid will win something, <laughs> some of them, you know, I, I'm really hopeful my kid will pull something off here. 
and have at least one win because they 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 deeply care about their kid and they it's not just themselves they actually care they're like i i want to i want to keep encouraging him and i hope he gets a win and they're not given the skill to do what we talked about and they should be given the skill by either the coach that coaches their kid or the tournament director through speeches or USTA videos or somebody, they need to be given the skills to be able to see exactly what we talked about, which is it doesn't have to come in the form of a win. It could come in the form of what you learned. And that's a huge victory because in your loss, there's a lot you learned. So you learned in the loss, right? So I see people that are hopeful and this is not me pie in the sky thinking. I see people that are really hopeful, but they don't have the skill sets to understand that when their kid loses, it's still an okay thing because they learned. I see people though. I do see people that, um, think their kid is superior athletically to other kids. And, um, when things are not going their way, like my kid might come in with the Walmart shirt and the beat up racket and give him a real run for his money they don't like it because they think their kid should be wiping the floor with them. I see people who are making judgments about others, you know, uh, I, I mean, I see a lot of it, but people are not talking in a friendly way. Sometimes they are, sometimes you can strike up a, a conversation, but there's always an edge to it. It's always very transactional. It's always very like, yeah, so where's your kid? Where's your kid uh, playing? Where's your kid learning? What's your, you know, they want that information. And it's always very transactional. Like we've tried to get together with people outside of tournaments, you know, where we've been like. I know I've asked you. <clears throat> I've asked you how many times you said you've gone up to people and everyone's got their little, their little thing that they don't want to share because they're afraid, you know, you might get some secrets. But Or, or you know what? Your, your kids aren't there. Your kids aren't there yet. Yeah. You know, I'm afraid that because of the way they are, anything that's wrong with their game might influence my kids. So yeah. I, I just can't, I can't mix. Yeah. It's like, it's, what is it? Well, this is a very fragile. Oh, hold on. It's like technique corruption. <laughs> you, you might corrode. They'd be like t technique corrosion, you know, because your kid uses a pancake grip on the serve, you know, I, and he I, might degrade. He might, yeah. by virtue of his poor junk tennis playing, he might degrade your um, superior athletes uh, uh, modus operandi on the court or <laughs> whatever. No, no right, he might, right. He might. But that's but that's the thing is like you know we can't mix with that. Well, so I'll give you I'll give you an example. My kid, we did what you were saying. We've gone out and we've actually connected with some people at the local court and we've played. We've but and my kids itching to play. My one son, both of them are itching to play other kids, but um, they've played some older kids and. I've seen the hitting and it's pretty good for kids that are a lot older than them. And then I've, and, and now when my kids see them, because my kids are little, they don't understand the rhythm of getting together or whatever. They're like, I'm going to go ask so-and-so. Can I go ask so-and-so? And I'm like, eh, why don't you hold off? We just played with them. Why don't you, why don't you just give it a little bit of space? Let's give it a little space. He's like, no, 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 I don't think I need to. So then he's got to learn. He goes over there and gets shut down. Maybe next time. Okay, fine. Because, you know, these people do want to work on their thing and they are not that adaptable as to like, yeah, sure, let's 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 hit for 20 minutes. I'll I'll interrupt my flow and we'll we'll hit for 20 minutes. So he had played with this one kid who was 16 and he's giving him a run for his money. And I mean, I don't know the reason, but then 
he, my son came back and he was like, you know, I, I don't, he played with him for like 10, 15 minutes. And he's like, I don't think that he wants to play anymore. Like he's trying to read the body language or whatever. And I don't know what it was. And I didn't get into a whole, Oh baby, are you okay? I didn't do that. I was like, well, I was like, that can happen. And I said, let's think about why that's happening. You know? And I wasn't sure myself and I don't want to, but I suspect at some level that's happening because he, um, you know, there's a number of reasons. It might be interrupting the kid's flow. The dad might be like, you know, come on, we got to focus back on our stuff. This is nice. And the dad doesn't get that. Is the dad there? Uh, for this guy, yeah, the dad is there. He basically doesn't really play a lot of tennis. He'll pitch him balls and he'll help him with the ball machine, but he doesn't really, he doesn't do, he's, he's not doing what I do. So, and that's fine. He's a very nice man. No, no, but he's not like a controlling dad. No, that's no, he's, he's very data. Like, so, so he wasn't be like, oh, you're wasting your time with this kid. No, he wasn't. No, there are other dads that are like that. And well, it's, it's very, it's, well, it's <laughs> yeah. very clear. It's very clear. And my kids, but my kids will be like, oh, can't we just go ask them to play? And I'm like, it's not a good fit. I, I just don't, let's not, their energy is not good. Ah, energy is a Let's lot. not, let's not. But isn't it interesting the whole Any other parent now, if their kids were younger, would want the teenager to play with their kid. But then once their kid's the teenager, they don't want their kid to play with the, the younger kids. Isn't that weird? Well, I don't, think, don't think that's I weird. Think, I do think it's weird. I think what's rooted in it, I'm not sure it's weird or it's a lack of understanding what's going on. <clears throat> because there are kids that I, that I see that play pretty well for their age. They play really well. And regardless of their age, if, if my kid were a teenager... And there was a kid that was, you know, 10 or 11 and smacking the ball and doing a really good job and able to keep pace and whatever and had a decent serve. I'd be like, you know what? You should play with him. It'll be great for you because you can kind of mentor him to some degree. And it'll be great because, you know what? He might spank you on a couple of things. And if he does, you got to up your game and be like, hey, how did, how did this kid who's four or five years younger than me do this to me? Right? And you got to be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's play. But so, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. But I do think so we, we kind of got a field, but the tournament thing creates an energy and there is a general energy to this. To tennis, you know, and you can feel it. You can. Feel so there's that for the younger people for tournaments. Right. And then, so there's that. We started off saying about marketing to older people. Right. So we have these two sides with tennis in the middle. And we have to start addressing bringing older people to the fold for long-term benefit. And then younger people, of all things you can get out of tennis, also not just the physical aspect of it and the, the health stuff for it, but also like camaraderie and hanging out and something that you can do where you don't need a full team. Right. right? But again, if the, we, we, you come back to energy, right? You talk about emotions all the time and energy. We need to start creating an atmosphere that's welcoming, not repelling. Can I ask you, I wonder if this isn't one of the, the seeds to that, the reason we're, 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 where we are, how we got here. And that is that, <clears throat> the tennis lessons and the tennis stuff focuses a lot on technique and a lot 
on skill. Uh, it's different than like a team sport. Cause you might have a team sport where the coach gets up and the coach says, all right, everybody team meeting, let's go here. All right. So we are Spartans. <clears throat> What's a Spartan. And everybody's like, we believe in truth, honesty, and character. We believe in this. We believe in that. Right. And, and, um, and, and they're like, all right, guys, you're going to be out there and you're going to have decisions to make. Have I got what it takes to keep going? You know, you know what I mean? And all right. And then we're going to run these plays and this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to blah, blah, blah. It's more, you know, whereas tennis, it's like, all right, here we go. Let's get started. We're going to work uh, hitting back and forth uh, mini tennis for 100. Okay, hold on a and we're going to. I think that's a good point you just made. Yeah. You have group energy that's around this sport. And right. Coaches like get him amped up. Yeah. And if there are 15 people on a team, let's just go 15. Softball team, field hockey, whatever, 20. Right. Across team. The coach, if you can get most of the team to buy into the positive energy that you're bringing or whatever message you're bringing, the three or four that don't are going to go along with it. Right. Right. And they'll get subsumed into that good energy. But if you have one kid out there, you're like, "Woo, are you ready, man? Let's do it. Oh, give me like, give me a yeah. What are our club values? Let's our club values are honesty, integrity, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, yeah. And now okay. put on your, come on, don't forget your uniform. Where's your, where's your, like, I guess we got to start branding our students super early. So they have their well, own you team. Could have a, well, hold they have on. their you own could, team. Well, hold oh, that'd on. be hilarious. Well, what if you had a club t-shirt? What if you gave him a club polo and you said, when you come here, you got to wear the club polo like a Catholic school. You got to wear the, uh, I don't know. Polo. <laughs> All right. No, hold on. But, Fine. but what you gave if him you, a club t-shirt that they had to wear and that was part of. Well, we your, have our, our your, camp t-shirts. Well, yeah. But yeah, I get that. Every time you come to a lesson, you got to wear the t-shirt and that's part of, uh, part of the team. You're part of the team club tennis, whatever the club you're at is called. I don't want to name one club over another, but you're part of that club, club team. So it's funny is that's what really separates elite clubs from mine. Like it's a park district because you'll see kids on the court in jeans or full dresses or right. They're not dressed as a tenny. Right. So you, mo this is interesting. So you mock it to some degree. No, I, with I the, didn't mock with it the, with the tenny with the tenny logo. But it's interesting because it goes to the element of like feeling like you're in the whole thing. And I've and I've even said this. Like I've said I've said things like, oh, there he is, the kid with the hundred dollar shoes and or two hundred dollar shoes and the five hundred dollar bag and the you know he's got like a thousand dollars worth of equipment. But at the same time, isn't that kind of what gets you into this spirit of wanting to be there? I, I, I didn't finish. Oh, that was not, that's not what I was actually going to rail on the tenny for a second. Sorry, but I get your point. What I was about to say was because they can wear, so what you can look at the elite clubs, everyone is bagged and, and tricked out. Okay. So if everyone's bagged and tricked out, they're more serious. And if you're playing, in your jeans, oh, you're, right, you're, yeah. you're, you're less serious. Right. But did we ever think that the person coming to the partition in the jeans 
does find it really interesting, they do have the potential to become a really elite player. They just don't want the pressure right now. So in a weird way, I've seen kids where I'm like, you know, you'd be a lot more comfortable if you just wore some shorts with pockets. And they're like, no, that's okay. You know, and it's almost the thing of like, I'm going to keep this here because the minute I start wearing it, my parents are going to push me. I'm all, all of a sudden, they're going to be like, oh, let's start going this four days a week, five days. Look, I got you a new bag. I'll listen, I don't care. I actually don't care right now because what's going to happen is this is then going to become your thing, not my thing. And my thing is I wear jeans or shorts that are like with no pockets. I'm going to wear the most untennis thing so it doesn't look like tennis or feel like tennis, but I'm going to still go to class and have you know, a good time. I, I, want to, I want to crack this egg for a second. Please. I, as, a parent, as a parent, I really... I struggle with this and um, and I want to be careful here because of how this is going to come across. But I struggle with this because I think that when we talk about my thing or your thing, um, you know, we as parents walk a really delicate line because the thing is that we, we, we want to be careful in the things that our kids get attached to, right? We want to be careful because there are some things that Va- are, vaping is bad that are kids <laughs> there are some things that are kids. Heroin. heroin don't do that yeah there are some things that our kids can get attached to that are not good for them right some habits online gambling for example that's a good one you know um video games a lot of electronica like we're and at the same time we're supposed to give space and let them find their thing Right. But what we really have to do is gently point them away from certain things and gently point them to other things. And where it goes awry is that we want them definitely to take root in those good things, whatever those good things are. And so that they stay away from, or they have no gap or lack of lack of need to go to those other things that are not good for them. So I'll give you an example. We might be um, like, we see an interest and we're like, oh, you, you, you went to that after school chess thing and, and how did you like it? Oh, it was kind of fun. The kids were, kids were okay. Like, yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, cause and who was there and, and it was so-and-so. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like fun. You know, I bought a chess board. I was thinking, or I'll, I'll get you a chess board on uh, Amazon or I'll, and, and we'll, we'll play a little bit of chess and we'll, you know, Dan, I, I don't know. But meanwhile, in the back of your head as a parent, you're like, Oh Jesus, I know <laughs> that there's those other kids that do this stuff after school. They play, they, they, they kick around in the yard, but they're, you know, listen to this type of music. And I know where these kids are heading because the parents are never around and they were caught. One of the kids that was caught stealing stuff. And I, I know, know where this is heading and I don't want that. So there's the chess thing. <laughs> so now it's like chess. He liked it a little bit. He sent up a smoke signal. I'm going to go with this, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get the chess board. We're going to, we're going to watch some chess videos and we're going to, we're going to, cause they're taking root and they got something. Maybe the kid doesn't talk a lot or they haven't, they haven't done their job as a parent and really tried to get in there and figure out what is going on, what the kid really likes. So I'm just saying that 
as a parent, you, you spend a lot of time trying to make sure they don't go toward the bad thing and instead go toward the good thing and provide them with enough outlets and enough things that they will not, they'll, they'll be so, their plate will be so full. And I think that's been the good, the good intention behind the bad results of overscheduling. They've wanted to keep the plate full to keep the kid away from the bad things by putting them all in all these good things. You know what I mean? But do you sell that backfires? Of course. Because the only way to keep somebody away from quote unquote the bad things is to put them in a situation where they have to navigate and make a decision. So again, you mentioned- Well, that's because they don't trust their kids to make the right decision. But but that's, but you don't, can't make the right decision if you're never given the opportunity to make decisions. How do you make any decisions if you've never been allowed to make decisions? Right. That doesn't make any sense. When you say like video games are, are like, it's a bad way. It's actually not a bad way. It's a bad way if you're up till four o'clock in the morning and playing for six hours, I would argue that that would be an addictive behavior that needs some addressing. But if you're like, hey, you know, I, I play some video games once in a while, you know, once a week or twice a week with some friends and like, great, that's awesome. But again, there's, you're making a decision then to say, you know, but these other days I'm reading or I'm, I'm exercising, I'm playing us, I'm on the chess team, I have other things going on. It's one of the things that I do as a release. It's not the thing that I am doing seven days a week and I can't stop doing it. That's a problem, right? Something like that. That's maladjusted behavior. That is yeah. The problem is on. that it leads as a parent. You know, it leads to a slippery slope because it's like I've let my kids play video games, and the problem yeah. is is that it's led to a really slippery slope. Like they now get angry when they don't get their video game time, and they get they get right. I would, that's a problem. That's a pro. It's risen to a point, and they don't play a lot of video games, but it's gotten to the point where. They're, they get mouthy oh, okay. and angry and they're being hostile. Can, and can, I, can, I, can I, whoa. Can I, hold on a second. Can I give you an insight into Cannibal and Bomber then? Because I think you'll. Yeah, sure. Because I've seen that with my kids and our kids are wired very similar. So when you say, I don't, I'm not, I see this in my kids. So I'm saying, I'm saying, sure. it's like I'm taking this to myself. I already had these conversations with myself. Self? Self, <laughs> Sully. Do you split it into two? Do the one call you Patrick and the other part I, Sully? I'm, I'm like Sybil. Just... There's actually like six of me. There's like six of me. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I just, I just again dated just myself. Having a little bit of levity there. Just dated myself mm-hmm. how old I am. Sure. So everyone's like, Sybil, what are you talking about? Yeah. So my kids are very strong-willed. They're always in competition with themselves or one another. And they're extremely willful. And when they do something, they want to do it full tilt. They're all in. No one's kind of halfing it. So when they get a taste of a, like your, so your boards are very similar. So all in, full tilt. You give them a video game and all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm in. And... It's also a break from tennis and everything else. So it's, a, it's an immersive experience that allows them to go somewhere else and get out of their own world for a bit. So when you get a taste of that, you want more of that. 
the problem is, right? But so there's that escapist, escapism with it. But then there's also this, the challenge. There's the mental challenge of a video game, depending on what they're playing. And I'm not talking about a first person shooter, but it depends on what they're playing. So if they're really immersed and they're using their brains and they're fully in, ripping them out of that's one of the, like it's really hard for them and and then they and they know what that's like yeah so so that is activating something not necessarily on a bad level right the the skill set the grit part that needs to be taught that i'm trying to teach my kids also is that it's just a game so when fiercely fabulous is playing uh pokemon shield right uh, and she gets to play once in a while twice a month maybe for an hour that and she starts getting edgy i'm like i think we're done that this is you you've lost the perspective of what this is it's becoming bigger than you right and now you're not holding the controller the controller is controlling you yeah and that and that is the problem and ready when you fill up your kid's plate you are the controller controlling your kid. And we use it as being a parent or it's the same thing as a coach when you are trying to manipulate how somebody learns to the way you coach. Right. Again, so I think the video game is a great analogy because we have to give ourselves, our kids, our students, we have to give them the space and time to have situations where they're being controlled so they learn the grit to say, you know what, I gotta stop right now. So they have to experience that. But at the same time, we have to also not bombard them and distract and and, dist- and distract them through just keeping them busy so they don't face those things because you don't get grit. And mm-hmm. lastly, we have to just have a conversation saying, listen, I know you really like this thing. I like that you like it. I like video games too. Or I like, I love tennis, whatever it may be. But I've noticed it's getting a little out of hand. Right? So I don't, I don't think that avoiding all these things is the way to go. But I think it's, again, here we go. Creating situations that allow them to navigate these things. So I put a vape pipe on the table. <laughs> it what? smells like cookies and cream. Ah, that's right. It's really interesting. Isn't that interesting though? Do right. you want to try? Right. So I don't think you can dabble. That's my point. No, no, no. But see, that's a snarky response to it is a snarky response because that's but it ready. They'll say no to the vape pipe. If you give them other experiences where they have to navigate on their own, that's not the vape pipe. So when the vape pipe comes up, they're like, huh? I've told me uh, my uh, mighty M, my son. Here's here's one. I've I had an old skateboard that a friend gave me for balance for for tennis. And I was like, "Hey, do you want to make your own skateboard?" Guys, it'll be a fun project. He's like, "Yeah." So he painted it and stuff and you know, my my kids have dabbled on a penny board and scooters and whatever. I think So can- again, you've put just to be clear here, you've put those things in front of them but I don't push them. Right. I'm just saying, though, this is what I'm talking about, that all parents, this is the beginning. 
you introduce these things because whether they're interesting to you or they're, uh, you think they might be interesting to them based on their personality or whatever, you put these things in front of them. And there's also a spirit of, well, and I'll tell you, I would rather put the things in front of my kid than have somebody else. As I always say, it's either you that are going to influence your kid or somebody else that you don't know. And you have to make that decision right away. Correct. But I'm not heavy handed in what I'm doing. Right. It, it, my, my love for you isn't attached to whether or not you like this thing I put out. It's, hey, I found this interesting. You might want to give it a try. Right. That's it. And there's I, been, to be fair, there's probably been instances where you've introduced them I, to some things. I'm going uh, tennis <laughs> that my right. fiercely fabulous is not interested in. Right. She used to go with me because she liked to spend time with me. Right. I've asked her, she's like, no, I'd rather not. I'd rather read. I'd rather read. Right. I mean, she's a voracious reader. Okay. Can we do something else? Can we go for a walk? Can we talk? Sure. So let me, so my point was that we had this board, we made it, he painted it. We put stickers on it. Right. We, um, polyurethane it. We got trucks, we put wheels on and he started like, he said, can I see some online videos or tricks? And I was like, sure, we could look at some of that. And then they know how I feel about like just staring at a screen and just doing that. So I yeah. said, okay, now you've seen some things. So let's put this away. And that was it. And then the next day he's practicing. Yeah. And I waited a couple days and he was like, can we go to the skate park? Yeah, sure. My daughter sat in the car and reads. <laughs> my other my other one is out there. Gogo is out with Mighty M. She she likes it now. I don't know if she's you're younger. She's now there. I think just because he's doing it right now. Whether or not that's her thing and his thing could change, but the interest now. I I put some things out. It grew, but he's asking. If they're not asking, they're not interested. You're forcing. And what's going to happen then is you're giving the message that I want you to do this. And if you do it, I really like you a lot. Right. But I care about you. And then so, that's, is that, and so that's parents, so parents are doing this when they sign their kids up because they want they, at first the interest, the, the, the intent is very pure. It's like, look, I want to see what he's interested in. So I'm going to sign him up for all these things. Then once the kid is in the sport, <clears throat> there's goods and bads about the thing i like the coach i don't like the coach but i like the kids that are in there so i'm going to keep going or vice versa or whatever it is and they keep going and then um the parents are like well this is a routine this is good so they keep going but they but you know then the kid changes or the kid basically is like i don't want to do this anymore suddenly and they're like well why don't you want to do this anymore and some people take it apart and they try to figure out what's going on. They try to find alternatives like, well, you'll go to this swimming class over here as opposed to the swimming class over there. Some people just sit there and they say, okay, fine. Let's, you know, why don't you, but go do these other things. And then there's some people that force the issue and say, you know, I really think you should keep going. And it's a real line with parents because we sometimes have to push our children like with sometimes with homework with my kid. I have to push. Yeah, but there's a huge you know. difference between pushing mm -hmm. and dominating. Yeah, and controlling. Sure, for sure. There that, again, it's you, if you sit down with somebody and say, "Listen, here's the deal." This it was a conversation with my dad before I went to college. They were like, "So I think this was sophomore year," 
and I wasn't the best student at that point. And they were like, so what's, what, ready? What's your long-term plan? And I, <laughs> I love like, when they ask that. I, and I was like, what? Uh, First of all, uh, what's planned? Uh, plan. I was working what's, the job to get a, long-term? S- to sneak a six-pack of beer behind your back, but I don't know. Is that a long-term plan? And, <laughs> and I was like, uh, so but I remember this sitting in my living room with my mom and my dad and they wouldn't let my brother, my Tommy's like, my brother's like, what's going on in there? They're like family meeting, get out, you know? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, they're having the talk, right? What's your long-term Wait, plan? Wait, is your brother older than you or younger? I forgot. He's older. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he'd already had the talk. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. He was a junior. Okay. He's a junior. Okay. He, so he, he knew he, he was going to Notre Dame the day he was born. He kind of knew, he kind of knew what was going to, what was happening there. Yeah. My dad and him were thick as thieves when it came to Notre Dame. I see. My dad played the Notre Dame fight March. <laughs> okay. So he had a stackable record player. Yeah. And he had like 40 records. Yeah. It was like in order that would drop would be Notre Dame fight March. Yeah. Linda Ronstadt. Right. Eagles. America. And then he'd switch like Frank Sinatra and it would just kind of go down. Do you know, we have a family friend that when he died, the wife tried to get the, um, tried to get, it wasn't a Notre Dame fight song. I thought it was, but it, it was, it was a military song. It was around world war two and the Catholic church wouldn't let, wouldn't let her play. Really? Oh, that's lame. At the, at the, at the, at the, um, church. You, yeah. The church at the funeral. I was like, That's, who does that? But you know what? The Catholic Church would play the Notre Dame fight match. Because <laughs> you know what? God likes Notre Dame better than anybody else. That's right. So you know. If you're Golden Domer. Oh, yeah. Only if you're Golden Domer. You know, if there's uh, three guys in the elevator, how do you know which one went to Notre Dame? Uh, oh, I don't know. This is, I, The one that tells you. <laughs> That's, they're still, they're like 60 and they're still wearing the ring. They, they're serious. I, there was a girl, dude, there was dude. a girl I was dating one time and I said to her some, I made an off the cuff snark remark like, you know, so how many times have you watched Rudy? And she was like, <laughs> the response I got back was colder than cold. You know, they don't, that you no. do not, you do and, not. Wait, ready? They're marketing correctly. It's <laughs> they, working. Yeah, it it's is. working. There's, they there's, have a, their mistake, tribe. there's they a mistake. There's a mistake to it. They have their tribe. They have their tribe. So, so, oh, no, 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 no. no. This is great. No, I gotta finish my no, story. But we're, no, we're great. We'll come back. No, you no. Just, you, know, just, my you just open plan. the door. You my just open the door. Plan. Let me oh. finish the family plan. Okay, fine. But you just open the door to marketing correctly. I know that I will bring it back for you. All right. My brain works this way. Okay. The long-term plan that I had at 16 yeah. At 16 was, uh, I don't, I said to him, I don't think that I, college is right for me. Right. So they were like, they didn't react. Right. Which, Even they, though they wanted to. <laughs> no, no, no. I, they, they weren't like that. But so they're like, okay. So job wise, then what do you see yourself doing? You, you're, I think you'd be an electrician. They know full well. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the fix it guy. I'm, I'm the break it guy. Right. Uh, or plumber or s- like something that you can really, you know, make a good living at for the rest of your life. I, I think my mom even said like funeral director. Like, so, <laughs> no, no. so she's like, you know, because I was great, involved yeah. in the, in the church growing up Catholic. Welcome to the Sullivan mortuary. <laughs> no, they're not like that. <laughs> but, but they like threw some things out and I just was like, funeral what? Director. And then, so my dad's like, well, then there's the military. Right. So your options so ready, and that's the whole <laughs> conversation after the jobs they threw out. So basically your options are if you don't go to college, would be you need to get a job 
as soon as you turn, you graduate high school. Back then, yeah. Graduate high school. Mm. And, or you should sign up for the military in right. some way, shape, or form. Those are pretty much your options, just so you know, because you're not going to be living here right. for free. You're right. not going to be here. Uh, so, oh, so the love was good until it, until it went bad. Yep. And <laughs> so I was, so I said, you know what? I'll give it a try. And I did. So I ended up going and military. I, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, college. Right. College. Okay. College. Well, cause it was the last thing you mentioned. Sorry. Right? Sorry. Yeah. So I, I, and I went I got a little confused. And You're wearing a Mohawk right now. I don't know. Definitely not military with the Mohawk, eh, but I don't know. High and tight. I don't know. I had a high and tight though. That's yeah. interesting. So, after, and I didn't love the first semester of college. I hadn't really found myself. Right. But by the end of freshman year, my parents were like, so are you going to go back? And I was like, you know what? And I really started settling in the Let's end see, of my freshman year. plumber, mortuary director, or college, or military? College, college, college. Well, but again, ready? <laughs> but I also hadn't discovered the real me at that point because we, I talked about I hadn't had great mentors when it came to my writing right. or pursuing music or anything. Right. in the way that I wanted to. Right. So because I it's did interesting, did your parents ever have a conversation with you about that? Like, God, you know, you, I see you doing this all the time. No. Why don't you? Is that weird? That's what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. I'm just, I don't know that it's weird. I think for us, it's weird because we're that type of people that we would notice that and be like, Hey, I see you doing this all the time. You know, have you thought about whatever working over here, or maybe I could get you in with these people or, why don't you take a class at the local community college about, or, you know, any, of okay. Right. Stuff. So that would be putting the chessboard out. That would have been, Hey, you know, I know yeah. you're running, you're running poetry and you're 14, 15. That doesn't seem like boys do that a lot that, to be stereotypical. Right. But there wasn't any of that. And then when I, when I actually became an English writing major, I, they, they, my mom was like, mm. You know, I always thought that that would be the right choice. For you. I was like, where, where? She's you? just thrilled that you find that you chose something and that you look like you're on a path to somewhere. Okay, so that's what so, she so here's that's that. Line. That's what that was. And maybe this is where things got askew with 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 parents now in the last X amount of years, yeah. decades. That I had no direction. <laughs> there was like no direction, right? And so the pendulum swung with over over direction right and mm -hmm. there there's that thing where you're subtly like a coach hopefully subtly like hey i'm seeing this you just you might want to just dabble for a little bit and see but right. but we're gonna dabble enough that you get some interest out of it <clears throat> and that's a and i do get it i'm not i know it's a lot of times we're criticizing but this is a dialogue to get people to think and a lot of things that we talk about and our conversations are also for me to question myself. So keep it as people listen to really, this think, is really the Sully therapy session. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> no, it's well, it, it could be. Yeah, actually just over and yeah. over. Yeah. So you get, get an inside look into my good morning. Me, me. how do I feel right? about me? Today? Ooh, good morning. Me. That's a good name for, <laughs> is that a show? So I have a so question just, for you getting back. Cause I want to get us back. You said Notre so, Dame does a really good job of pitching to their market. What, how could, we do a better job of getting so what we're basically saying we said at the beginning of this thing was that we need to be comfortable with losing people we should stop clutching onto people on their way out the door we're kind of paralleling what parents are doing by trying to jam tennis down everybody's throat between the age of 15 to 30 when we should really just allow them the space to walk away 
to some degree. Can yeah. we talk about Notre Dame for one more second? <laughs> no, no, this actually has to do, this actually has to do with yeah. what you just said. Yeah. And I, I wonder about this. Okay. So you leave college poor. I most likely can't answer. So go ahead. No, no, I think you would though. Cause you're a business guy. Oh, you're Mr. Marketing. Mm. A domer leaves Notre Dame. They graduate. Right. Most likely broke. Uh, parents might be helping them out a little bit. They have their first job, but they're not, they're not raking in 200 grand right out of the gate. No. Okay. So from graduation Mm -hmm. to when they're old enough to become alumni, that's actually donating back to the school. Sure. (laughs) What is that gap? Because all of my dad's friends Mm -hmm. were religiously giving every year to like, as if, they were like, it's almost like tithing in the church yeah. kind of thing where he's like, Oh, I'm going to do my donation. To, uh, that's great. Dad. You've, they've done, you just keep giving the money, <laughs> like, but people do that all the time. Right. The alumni are allowing colleges and universities and they feel a need to keep giving back. So, and I'm not criticizing what are colleges and universities doing? So you lose your students for X amount of years, but then they're going to come back when they're, when they're actually are all set and they reflect back and say, you know, those was a great four years. You know, I learned a lot and, and maybe I met my wife or husband there or my boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, I, I made some great friendships and connections. There was a 10 year, maybe there was a 10 year gap and all of a sudden they're successful in some way, shape or form that they feel a need to give money back. That's what I'm talking about. How do we get to have that college four-year experience in tennis that when you do graduate and you leave at any time that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years down the line, you think, you know, I need to give back. I'm back in. That was great. How do you get that feeling, that kind of commitment that when you see the Notre Dame football game on TV, because they own all the TV rights, that you're like, oh man, I was, I remember being in the stadium there and the sound and, you know, my dad still talked about it before the day he died, the old stadium, we, you know, and oh, Chicago fans talk about the old hockey um, stadium where people, there was the old rickety benches. And I remember the same thing with soldier field, right? And people smashing their feet and, and right. It wasn't slick and clean and it was dirty, but there was something about it that just mm-hmm. had that, that real, like, this is sports, man, that it brings back that thing right how do you get and we have this rare opportunity that tennis does become like the gateway drug to sports when kids are younger a lot of parents at least in this area and there if there are areas where that's not happening how do we appeal to that i don't know but i'm interested to see with colleges what is that first of all notre dame is a unique beast into its unto itself and the thing with Notre Dame is the referrals, the connection and the referrals. So you have okay. a referral and connection base with Notre Dame. It's much like in some ways the Catholic school, but it's a lot stronger. So you have a family and a community and you know people. And just by saying the word Notre Dame, I went there, whatever, it suddenly gives you instant gravitas, gives you instant credibility. Right. It doesn't matter if you were the D student and you graduated, you graduated, you know, 1900 out of, out of 1901, you have that cachet that you carry with you. Oh, you went there. Oh, I did too. And then 
the conversation turns around those things that are a part of the institution, whether it's the stadium or it's the a specific coach or a specific teacher or a specific area on campus or a specific thing that was going on. It doesn't really matter. It transcends generations. It It's a very deep, <clears throat> and it's, again, it is completely driven by the powers that be that run the institution. They do a phenomenal job of inculcating people into the Notre Dame way. It is driven 100% by those people. And then as those people age out and retire that are running the institution, the people that they inculcated are coming up and they're running the institution now. And they are, they might deviate from the plan a little bit, but, but the it, intent's the same. The intent is the same. The intensity, everything, everything about that institution is the is exactly that. So, well, so now let's look at tennis, like Notre Dame. Let's say take the word tennis, yeah, and inculcate people into the, the right. So when you say you have to do that, hey, um, you meet somebody, and you're like, oh, and you you play tennis? I I do. Boom, that's it. What year did you graduate from Notre Dame? Oh, class 57, right? So I right. played tennis. Oh, right. right. Did you watch that, Matt? Right. You're right. It's that, again. Well, I think it would be more along the lines of, you play tennis, where'd you, where'd you play? Oh, I played, over at, uh, I played over at that club. And there are some clubs that have that lore to them. Oh, yeah. I played, over, I played yeah. over at that club, that club. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so-and-so was teaching over there. Right. And they're like, yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. I didn't really take a lot of lessons from him, but I took a lessons from his protege and you know what I mean? And, and that was really good. And, um, yeah, I learned, but there's, but then what happens is it's not strong enough. It doesn't carry the day. So you didn't create a social network. You got to create a social, like the, the uh, thing, the, the ref- there's, there's the- a social network that was created. That's created around a Notre Dame. Type well, you city. said the word referral. Yeah. And I think that's of course. So there are, you got to understand there are entire corporations <laughs> that are out there that employ a lot of domers. Like you'll have, like there are, there are companies in Chicago, I'm not going to name them, that they are hubs for domers and you go there, you got a job. It's on the list. It's on the list. You got a job and it's not oh the fix is in it's just that's a reality that's who they recruit they like the, okay they so, like so the how do we make tennis like how do we make tennis <clears throat> you got a job <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like how do we that's my frustration that's my banging my head against the wall of how do we get that kind of feeling that you got to build a tribe because i gotta, feel you, like you got it you i know you do and and i do too and i and, and sometimes we yearn for this but you've got to take that yearning, you got to take the whatever, and you've got to infuse that into creating a system that's like that. And you've got to have like-minded individuals who are willing to go along with that. And I think that's one of the tougher parts is that we have these systems that are set up like a club. And, you know, especially in tennis, because it's a singular, it's a singular endeavor, it's a singular sport we've got that are like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it this way. You know what I mean? Whereas when you're talking about an institution like Notre Dame or you're talking about these teams or whatever, it's, this is the team way. This is the club way. This is the way we're doing this, right? It's very different. And 
when you instill that kind of a spirit, that kind of a thing, people want to be a part of that. So maybe in some ways that gets us to our solution of how do we bring people back at 30? It's very, you know, Notre Dame is very fraternity without being fraternity. It's a, it's a global fraternity as opposed to a, their on-campus local fraternity. People that didn't go there right. think they went there. <laughs> like they're they're like oh i'm a notre dame fan and you're like did you go like no i couldn't get in but i just love the t- like they just the, the yeah. whole mystique about it right and northwestern over here kind of has that kind of but it's not the same well local locally it does yeah but they've done this notre dame thing right because they it's it's almost fraternity like you know and you can go back and and the thing is, is that a club would need to create that feeling, fraternity or sorority feeling, but to I don't, some degree. But yeah, but that I guess that's what I was trying to say earlier is <clears throat> that look at like the Dairy Council. They're going to put that right. Well, let's go back to the old milk. It does the body good, right? Right. We we have this thing of milk is great for your bones and your teeth and all which all these things that it's supposedly good for. Right now, does that help out one particular company no it helps out all the milk companies, the dairy industry the dairy industry yeah. and then so that's just to get it on your mind i once had a professor who told me that if you're ever out of work go to work at the dairy industry <laughs> oh really yeah well because they've got a hammer lock and they've got they've got money up the kazoo <clears throat> Although I think they've been taking a real hit, so they've had to buy up alternatives because there's been so many alternatives. That because have come on the market. because it's not that good for you. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually the wrong thing to be it's drinking. Not. Please right. stop drinking milk. But my point, though, is business wise, they're very smart, and the dairy industry is saying, "Listen, yes, there are all these different companies making dairy products, but we're going to hone in on the overall message of milk." Sure, and we could so, do we could so, do that with that, tennis, and that's what I'm saying is yeah. where where mm. Joker is putting together some for for players. Why isn't there a national council of clubs, that's the a NCC, great the yeah. NCC, yeah. that we're just we start having commercials and <clears throat> things like, and that, and now we're in an age where we can pinpoint market people on their computers and their phones of like tennis, 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 but a a national campaign that just lauds the benefits of tennis and just push it. I don't understand that. And then it's a win for everybody. If it's working for other businesses, why don't we do that here? I think because you have, and I'm not, I agree. Oh, well, I want the answer. I'll be, I just, I'm asking I you, don't know if I have guy. the answer, but I think it's because you have so many disparate factions of people that have carved out their own little sub niche within the tennis community, and they're not willing to take on a broad-based campaign like that because it'll be expensive, it's unproven, <clears throat> and it is likely going to shift or change their model that they have and they don't like that and even though you're saying but it's not going to shift it's just going to bring more people in yeah but these people the problem is is that they're very comfortable with what they've got listen i smoke my two packs of cigarettes a day i'm comfortable with it i still can walk i'm fine nothing's changed and i'm you know i'm 60 years old and i'm everything is i haven't i haven't changed my habit in 35 years, 40 years, and I'm, I'm doing just fine. Occasionally I have a cough, 
and I don't always feel the greatest and have a ton of energy, but I'm fine. I still smoke my two packs of cigarettes a day. I still get my, still get my thing in and I'm okay. And I go for a walk. So I'm okay. And the reality is, is that you're facing, you're, you're likely facing a, a real problem down the road <laughs> because of, because of your lack of attention to what you've done to your body. And I think we're in the same situation. <clears throat> with tennis that we face this problem where we've had, we've paid a lack of attention to um, losing people in the sport. But don't you think they change people's buying habits or their, their, their smoking habit, whatever the habit may be. Sure. Right. Their, their living habits. Yeah. There needs to be a con an awareness and a consciousness of something that's out there and it needs to be out there enough that eventually you, you kind of break down and you're like, you know, I've seen that a lot now, right? But if you don't see it a lot. Well, you have to get early adapters. The technology industry is really good at that. They have, you have to get early adapters. If you get the early adapters, there's always, you know, when a new product is launched into the market space, a lot of people are like, well, what do I want this new phone for? I already have a phone, right? And then what they do is they get early adapters that become evangelists. And those evangelists go to market and they espouse. That's a per so an early adapter is someone that's a person. It's a, it's it's an actual person that's like, oh, this is this is why I needed this. And then they they, they just love. They just are smitten. They love the thing. They love the idea of what the thing does. They love the thing. And that's so an, that's called the, an early the, adapter. The thing. The, the thing. Okay. It's the early adapter. Oh, I I love this. Right. They love the thing. And then the early adapter becomes an evangelist. They're they'll go they'll. They'll go on chat boards and they'll talk about the thing. They'll or chat rooms. They'll um, maybe even make YouTube videos. There's some of these early adapters are people that um, you know just like to just like to vlog. You know, they love to put out video blogs. So is it like a grassroots campaign? Um, I, I think it's just people that are really. It's a part of their life. They're really smitten with that thing, and then. They want to share that with the world. They take a, a certain pride and ownership in that. And they then want to evangelize or bring that to the greater marketplace and say, this was great. So if you bring it to the tennis analogy, you say, you know, <clears throat> I just went on the court. I played with my new Yonix E-Zone racket and it was freaking awesome. Watch me destroy this guy with my forehand down the line shot. Right. And, and they have a video of it, like a fisheye lens or whatever he put on the side of the court. And, right, he, I'm sorry, and what was the name of that racket? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Yonix. I like Yonix. Yonix. Yeah. It's a Yonix. So cool. Well, from our mutual colleague and, uh, in the industry, he claims that they have the best manufacturing consistency of, of all the manufacturers uh, right now, currently. That really? Yeah. That they're, their tolerances are very tight. So when you get a specked out Yonix racket off the shelf, it doesn't deviate that. It doesn't really deviate much at all from what is stated in the spec. Whereas if you go and you buy a lot of other brands, you could be off an ounce, two ounces, you know, and either way, and the racket doesn't need counterweighting and counterbalancing and all that other stuff. And in this case, he said with Yonix, it's not like that. So anyway, you get early adapters and they become evangelists and they go to market and then they, um, they espouse the greatness of it and they build this cult following and they build interest. And that interest is then built among the more general populace and it starts picking off and pulling people in like a, 
a subtle black hole. But those early adapters are being monitored by the company to see if it's having an effect, correct? They're, at first they weren't, but now there's a heavy, I'm sure that within company, large company, um, R&D and communication uh, groups, they're monitoring that for sure. Yeah, they're monitoring people who are talking about it and, you know, and and these people and some of these people are economically incentivized, you know, because they've got so many subscribers to their YouTube channel or yeah, they've got a following, you know, a Facebook following that's huge or they they've got all this stuff. So they they're they're getting paid sponsorships or whatever, you know, they they're economically. But the thing is we we probably need more of that where we need early adapters that are evangelists that bring people in. So in the tennis realm, it would work like I just played with that racket or it would be kind of like, um, you know, God, I just, I just hit for an hour on the court. Look at me and there's sweat dripping down and, and, and he comes off the court and he goes, I think I just lost three pounds. That's all it'll take. And suddenly the person is like, three pounds but you have to be really i think you have to select the right early Mm -hmm. adapters or evangelists and i think i'd mention this earlier that i thought doctors would be a great gateway to people because a doctor would say hey you know you're you're kind of your cholesterol's a little crazy or your blood pressure have you you, what do you do for exercise you know i I really don't do a lot what if you had the doctor come off the court no that's no that's what i'm saying oh okay no no right and then so then the doctors mm. who plays tennis would say well you know i i play tennis twice a week right you have did you think about taking a class oh, i'm not very athletic oh no 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 don't worry about it they've got a ball machine class or they have right. cardio right. or you don't have to be a good tennis player actually right. and you might enjoy just running around hitting something it's pretty cool right. but you have and you'd also have you could also have the video commercial that was shot where the guy comes off the court or the woman and she says, she says, hi, I'm Dr. Jill. I just finished an hour of cardio tennis. I kicked it. And you know what I mean? Saying like, and she talks or, or whatever. And that causes people to be like, Oh, you have know, you ever seen? No, be honest. <clears throat> because yeah. how many drug companies, hold on. How many drug companies? <laughs> Seriously. How many drug companies? Why couldn't we do this with tennis? How many drug companies sit there and they go, they go, have you got psoriasis? If you do, I recommend it to all my patients. This medication can stop it. And then at the end, they go, you know, they speed it up and they go, it may cause internal bleeding, eyesores, <laughs> like okay, now, cancers, now, now, and all this other stuff, right? And now but with t- tennis, now, you're going to have that with tennis. You're not going to have that with tennis. And then at the end of it, you say, <clears throat> and we'll make you happy. It will be good for your endorphins. It'll make you healthy, lower your cholesterol, blood pressure, and you'll you'll get to hit something without hurting somebody. Right. Thank you for playing tennis. Unless you can't handle your mental frustrations, and then you <laughs> trash the, and then you trash the racket and you spike it and it goes into your eyeball. But beyond that, everything's going to be just fine. No, it, you're absolutely right but I mean, on, I, did yeah. you in so I, the inverse of the i've been around tennis since i was eight years old yeah. i have never seen a commercial for that ever for 42 years i've never seen one commercial <clears throat> like the pharmaceutical companies yeah commercials ever <clears throat> not one except like except like how when, many how many except when huh when a major's on <clears throat> it is Oh, wait, what is that? <laughs> that's a bad joke. That's the bad joke. That's the bad. I don't know why it's. So no, I, oh, I hit the wrong one. I didn't the, know. That's the bad joke. I don't. I, all right, hit the blue one. That's what I was going to say. Like, 
How many people? That here's mean, a, think of that. Think of that. No commercials. It's Snoozeville. Dude, you've got people in drug commercials skipping through the fields, <laughs> landing on piles of hay, <laughs> looking like they've fallen in love for the first time at 60. I mean, you have people, you have these actors that are paid to look like they have landed in heaven. They're in euphoria. Life is good. Everything is managed. Or they're brilliant scientists now, suddenly because they popped a pill, right? And we can't get our butts together to get people to walk off the court with a tennis rack or just play that last second where they make that one shot, whatever it is. And, and they go, whoo, or they go game. <clears throat> and they're like, yeah, or whatever. We can't do that. What is up? But they don't look like a superhero that somebody that doesn't look like an athlete rips a ball down the line. The most unassuming 65 year old you show like who's got a little paunchy that's maybe balding and rips a shot no and you maybe just show the arm and you show the other guy like oh and then you do a close-up and the guy's like socks pulled up to his knees with the rubber bands he's got he's balding and he's like but i can still play tennis right you know you're just like oh that right. could so be that, me so that, it's a realistic right. so thing the, of like so the other person who's like well i'm not in that bad of shape i could do that too right <laughs> right and maybe he's smoking th- somebody that looks healthier and better on the mm-hmm. other side. Maybe right. it's the, the actor right. looking guy. That's right. That I mean, looks- think about that. How many drug commercials do you see for stuff? That's going to gunk up your system, <laughs> right? Or it's going to unclog. It's going to, you know, I mean, even the heartburn ones where they're like, are you having, you know what I mean? Like, but, but what, but what is that pill? <laughs> that pill is the easy button. So this yeah. is the thing that we're fighting against is ready. And we, Everybody says, but I don't think we have to fight against it. I think we could just say tennis is the easy button. No, 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 no. It's not the easy button. It's it's so it's so complicated that that was my tennis one two three worst marketing ever four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve infinity. Right. What I was saying is that you're saying there's all these long term benefits, but it's not going to be popping a pill because that's the easy way out. Right. So, so this is something I think, and again, but, I, I, but, but there's an element of when you advertise it, you have to, at some level, make it look easy. Cause here, let me give you the example. <clears throat> when Nordic track, when Nordic track and now Peloton and all these companies that sell exercise equipment, they are selling their equipment. People look happy. <laughs> They don't look like, oh God, my arm from the elbow, tennis elbow. They don't, they don't look like, okay, let me just, let me clarify the vision here because otherwise people aren't going to buy $2,000 pieces of exercise equipment. They're they're just not, they're just not meaning they're not going to want to get. So there's a real delicate balance here. You don't want to be the easy, but also you want to motivate people to do this. Right. I don't want the piece of exercise equipment that people hang their laundry on in the basement after they thought it was going to be fun and easy and they don't use it ever again because then they're not coming back buying more. They're done. Maybe we need to hit them around the Christmas and beginning of the new year because that's a new year's resolution type thing. Yeah, but too. that's that's when I see an influx <clears throat> or after a major and then guess what? 
it all dies off. Yeah. Right. It's that, it's that resolution. Oh, you know, I saw Wimbledon and I think I want to do that. And then they get out, right? Because right. it looked easy and they were impressed by it and they look healthy and that's great. Right. And then they get out there and within like four weeks, they're like, oh, this is way harder But if than we I had thought. a continuing campaign for different segments of 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever, and we had a continuing campaign and it would be different. Like the 30 year olds, it might be, we're tapping more into the competitive thing. You know what I mean? Or whatever. I, I don't know. And then the 40 year olds may be competitive, but still having some fun and exercise and losing weight. And then the 50 to 60 year olds, it's like, I'm, I'm socializing, I'm connecting, I'm doing the business that I'm doing, whatever. So it would be different campaigns for different Can, people. And, but ongoing mm. and continuing. Yeah. Right. And again, in this day and age, it's it's sniper marketing. So continuing, it's, we have algorithms. So we have sniper more. Like, let's clarify though. People are like, oh my god, you can pay a marketing company to figure out these people right here. Like, if, yeah, well, that's pinpoint marketing. But right, but <clears throat> sniper for those who are wearing a mohawk. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, but no, I. But I think the first step though is giving a vision of what the campaign could look like. So you'd have, you'd have video and stills shot of average people, not every, but just regular people who play, a, who play tennis, who play fairly well at that, at those various ages. And then what you do is you create videos and stills off of that. And then you create a marketing campaign, which is calling people back. If he can do it, so can you, if she can do it, so can you right? It's time return back. And then what happens is those videos can be played as 30 second, one minute clips on, on, on various, uh, things, uh, various YouTube stuff stuff, but also those stills could be, <clears throat> you know, a still picture of a, of a guy who just finished who's sweaty or a woman who's just finished and she's sweaty or whatever. If I can do it, so can you, return, you know, come back to tennis and it's a still. And so when you go to, when you go to buy something for exercise or something, there's a still that pops up and it's like return to your local tennis club. And then there has to be an offer that's, that's there too. There's something that's something that's an offer. We're giving away free pair of shoes or a free racket or whatever. I mean, if you can subsidize the shoe giveaway or you can subsidize the beginner racket giveaway, or you can do something like that, you're likely to get some, you're likely to get some, some buy-in. Well, people, you know? and, you, I'm, and you're the marketing guy. Don't you think people are, I'm brand loyal. Like when I find a tennis shoe that works, I, I'm, I wear it. Even if the color I hate is, is they don't have it. I'm going to still buy the exact same shoe. Well, because, because it works for you. At, right. So once I find it and then when they tweak it, I'm so annoyed because I'm like, oh, it's, uh, it's not my shoe. Yeah. Now I got to start all over again. Yeah. So, or the price goes up. That's the other problem. They still make it, but the price keeps going up, 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 up. And now you're like, is that because the market share is going down? Less people are buying that one. So they're going to, no, it's because the they get, it's because they've got good market share and so they're going to push it. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they wanna, got you hooked. They got you hooked. And now what they want to do is they want to improve it. They'll tweak it. And they're like, oh, we've added extra cushioning. We've added extra support. We've added extra, extra, whatever, which cost them like three cents. And now that gives them license to give you another 10 bucks. Is, it's a better, it's a better experience. It's a better experience. Yeah. So you're, so what I'm hearing from you would be, I'll use K-Swiss cause I like K-Swiss that if K-Swiss said, Hey, listen, we're going to give nationally 
X amount of pairs of shoes out for right. for the return. Right. For the returners. Right. Yeah. Wow. And then they and, and they, it doesn't have to be your top line shoe. No, no, it could, I, just, no, yeah. it could be any right, but yeah. they're gonna offer something. New Balance is very good about that. New Balance sells shoes for beginners that are decent shoes that are like forty five bucks for a pair. Oh really? Yeah. New Balance, yeah. And Nike does that too. But the Nike shoes aren't quite as good at that level as the New Balance. The New Balance are better. And they're like 40, huh. you go on to the tennis places and they're like 45 bucks and they're good shoes. New Balance is all about getting the right fit for your foot. You know, that's their whole niche thing. And K-Swiss K, K is for support. Yeah. Right? So, right. So they're mm -hmm. each carving out their niche yeah. as far as what they're and going. K-Swiss is like very durable. That's <laughs> very, right. Well, that's right. They're very durable shoes. And almost yeah. every tennis pro wears them. Oh, coach. Really? I, yeah. Coach. I yeah. And then I don't. At I least don't the ones really, that I see. I don't really look at. <laughs> no, but, but right. So, so, so but if every coach away, is wearing those, so giving, so if those shoes are at a market price of forty five, fifty bucks, you know, y y the company's got maybe ten bucks into them. You know what I mean? I mean, can you? Is there a way to subsidize? Is there a way to? Do you know what I mean? And 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 there's and there's all kinds of programs that are out there. It's not just. It's not just. Uh, it's not just, you know, if you give away, if you give away the shoe, the, the, the caveat could be, we get your email address. If you give away the shoe, we get your email address and we'll send you a QR code for a coupon for your next purchase of our shoes. Right. Well, it, it's not, it's not just a one and done. Like here's our shoe. Thanks buddy. I'll never see you again. There's, there's definitely a breadcrumb trail that can lead these people back to the companies to purchase if they're, if they're, you know, if the companies are interested, because that for sure would, that, that would lead a lot of people back, you know, provided they, so you get, you get, the point is that we'd have a campaign, we'd have the videos, we'd have the regular people and we'd have the stills. And then we would have like the milk, it does a body good type thing where, <clears throat> I mean, they were paying for billboards, you know, you'd drive on the highway and you'd see milk, it does a body good. And you'd see a famous person with a mustache. You could also have some famous people too, besides just the, just the regular Joes. It could be, you get, we, you, we get a few famous people that have taken up tennis for the first time at 40 or 50 and they're famous people like an actor or whatever you get Sean Penn or whatever. I don't you know, whatever. I'm just saying somebody out there and now they're, now they're on a billboard or they're on a still. And it says, you know, um, I love, I love staying out of the hospital or I, I love my heart enough to play tennis or I, do you know what I mean? I, I love my, I love my tennis loves my metabolism, whatever it is. And the point is it's just a still and it's got the racket. We do something creative and clever and it, it works at bringing people back in to the fold. And if it, even if it's not an immediate action, it is constantly, it has to be constantly there because if it's not, and that's was my idea of putting like a skateboard in front of my kids. If it's sitting there and you say you're bored, Kind of well, there's the skateboard. Can I use that in the kitchen? Yeah, go for it. Great. All of a sudden now, your interest is peaked, and it, but it's there. Out of, I, I'm a firm believer in out of sight, out of mind, right? For people in general. So, well, I mean, look at in this is the last thing, but look at what they do when a Domino's rolls into town, right? Or a Subway rolls into town. What do they do? They put out flags. They they do massive ad campaigns. 
They've got they've got flags on the lawn. They've got somebody staying there waving, you know, five ninety nine for a pizza or a sub or whatever they do. And they they're out there. They got somebody doing jiggling with the board and all this other stuff. And they've got they they push they push. We don't do any of that. We had a Dunkin' Donuts. We have a Dunkin' Donuts by our house, and every summer from six in the morning to like nine there's a big donut person out a giant costume donut like walking around just waving to everybody like right. on the bridge where i where i live during rush hour and the kids are always like oh honk at the donut and I'm like dang it right <laughs> but you're seeing this giant donut walking around how many giant tennis racket costumes do you see somebody or a ball reminding you to play tennis none zero I mean, you'll go into a pro shop and you'll see the giant tennis racket. Like when we went to Labor Cup, they had the giant tennis racket out and the kids were but, playing. But again, it. you're going to a tennis event. Right. No, I know. I'm talking I, dude, about. I get it. I'm, I'm just telling you where that exists, but I'm telling you we have to take it out of that. Because that is, you're, you're marketing to the market that already likes you. Th- that doesn't work. Right. I'm talking about marketing to the people that Well, are- I think the problem is that they've been hell-bent on retaining market share as opposed to gaining market share against other sports and i think now we need to we need to flip it and we need to really be on the offensive and be like look we need to gain market share here because the problem is if all you're trying to do is retain market share you're gonna it's a slow slide to nothing it's it's the uniform on the titanic right and so we i think we you've really to wrap i think we've really covered something important here which is is not be afraid to let people go between the ages of 15 to 30 in the sport and then mount a sincere campaign at the same time for people 30 to 40 40 to 50 50 to 60 60 to 70 whatever 30 to life <laughs> the tennis sentence tennis jail yeah somehow i don't that's know. not going to work that's, that's not, is that bad is yeah, that a bad one that's kind of yeah not going to work but <laughs> Sorry. I do think that's okay. We've got ideas and sometimes hit the button. Sometimes sometimes they require foil. I don't know, foil on your head or something. But no, but 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 I think we'd have these separate campaigns. They could be videos with stills and you could run them and you run them regularly. And what what's the matter with a tennis facility having a guy who's got a racket? And standing out there and flipping and doing tricks with the racket or whatever. I'm just saying, I know that's off. It's no, off it's, the wall. No, it's not off the wall <clears throat> because all tennis players fiddle. It's off the wall because it doesn't uh, it doesn't comport with the uh, gentle traditions of tennis. But I'm just saying, like, copy the stuff that's going out there. Why aren't we copying the stuff that, that like, a Domino's or a Subway are doing to promote a local club? Why aren't we copying the stuff that, you know, major drug companies or major companies that are selling OTC over-the-counter medication like you know heartburn relief are doing why aren't we copying that and saying this will prevent like it it prevents it why aren't we copying what you're talking about the dairy industry and sitting there saying you know and and having like a famous person with a tennis racket in their hand and and saying got it got it i mean think of that marketing campaign yeah got it they catch the ball but no hold on think of that that milk uh campaign was just got uh it was got milk right yeah. with with, right. with a question mark yeah that's it and then and then it was just a t-shirt and a milk mustache that was it so it went from do the body good to got milk right that that's it right that, wait <clears throat> what that, and, uh, and i remember when that came out people like that's dumb till it till it uh kept running and then here's another one mcdonald's loving it right they've been they milked that for like a decade yeah that was so successful and all of those things 
are bad for you. <laughs> we have a product that is actually good for you, and we can't figure out how to market it correctly. <laughs> really that bizarre. is insane. I mean, if you think about it, that is so bizarre. It's just so bizarre. I can't even, when you really put it in that light, it's like, really? Did, how did, I don't understand what are we what are we doing wrong here and i think it's just that we're not we need to put our collective heads together and get some we get need to get some people who are evangelists like us who are going to sit there and say you know what <clears throat> there's a better way and we need to start doing that better way we need to start following that better way and let's put some of these ideas out there and let's see what happens and let's not be afraid that that's i think there's another thing there's a fear out there that that's gonna kind of that's not tennis and that's gonna hurt tennis that's gonna not be good for the sport it's not gonna look it's not a good look for tennis and it's like listen if we keep looking the way we're <laughs> we keep looking the way we're looking it's not it's not gonna be a good look period so i think we came with uh, i think hey man i think you rocked my brain with this whole thing because i'm now thinking gosh why don't we or maybe i rocked my brain i don't really know but why aren't we doing copying these things that these other people are doing and bringing those to something that is so healthy and cool that is tennis and and prevent not just the slide but increase the market share you know what i really need right now hmm. i need a big mac a glass <laughs> a glass of milk and some prilosec this is I, i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go snacky. i'm gonna go get those three Very things snacky. dude no I get, and guess what i'm gonna work i'm about to rock my body playing <laughs> the greatest sport ever tennis rockers rock tennis your rockers! body rock your